right, all right, Woke Wasted, we are here. Neil and Zach with a special gift for you all. A little bit of love. This is going to be our very first interview. Isn't that dope, Zach? Oh my God, I'm so excited. If I could wrap him up in a bow, I would do it. <laughs> but he's just too far away and my arms are just too short for that kind of business. But I think that's what the, the audience is going to get today. You're going to feel our special guest, just like the little Christmas present, present that he is, and just a bundle of joy and love. So, Neil, who did we bring on today? We brought on Colin Harris. <laughs> oh, <laughs> What's up, folk wasted? What up, bro? <laughs> So guys, Colin Harris is here for a very special episode. You guys know Zach and I are both Akashic Record readers, and so is Colin. So Colin is an insane Akashic Record reader. He's a healer. He's also a dope Ford master tech in Canada. And I think that's a really cool part of him. He just walks both worlds and does crazy soul work. And he's one of our closest brothers. So Zach, you got some words of love for Colin. I mean, well, the thing that came to me when you were talking about Colin is just that he's like, you can't put him in a box. And that was the thing that we talked about on our very first episode is like, we traverse the spiritual world. We traverse the really normal kind of mundane 3D world. And there's really no way to put it into one box. And that's what Colin is. He's, he's, he's everything and nothing. And I feel like he enjoys the, probably the nothing comment yeah, more than the other. He loves the nothing. He's Christmas. <laughs> But it's not just the present. He's just Christmas. Just boom. That's that's Colin. He's the trees and the snow and the smiles and the light and the family and all that shit. All of it. And Crumpus so, at the same time. He's the dark side of Christmas too. So Colin. Oh, you guys are brother. so nice. <laughs> <laughs> you made my heart so happy. Yeah. So Mr. Christmas, let's share a little bit about your work. Let's give an intro for yourself to the audience. Who is Colin Harrison? What do you do? During the day, I am a Ford mechanic, as you said. I do all the diagnostic work when you get your check engine light. And then at night, I do, and on weekends, I get to do, dress up as Batman. Yeah, that's what it feels like. <laughs> I get to dress up, and it's like I get to be this awesome healer. And it's really walking two worlds. And I get to do a Kashuk record reading, I get to do energy healing, you know. And within those two things, the healing work that I get to do is. It just makes my soul happy. That, that's, that's Colin right there. It's, it's all love and it makes your soul happy. And I think what I want to share with the world a little bit, just to know Colin a little bit more, because you guys know me as the bath guy. Colin opened that door to Pandora's box and turned me into the bath guy. But I want you to share what you just did to get ready for this podcast. What, what, what happened that made this a $50 podcast for you? <laughs> oh, okay. So today I just got some... Uh, ceremonial grade cacao and so I made myself a nice mug of cacao and then my favorite thing in the world besides salt baths is rose oil yes. but the rose oil it came out a little fast and <laughs> oh, it, was, it was definitely an expensive couple you know 10 drops of rose oil that I just put all over my body all over my heart just to help me to connect to that that vibration of love I love it, man. It's like when you're pouring a drink for your friends and you accidentally pour a little too much. You're like, I should have used a jigger for this. This was a mistake. <laughs> but like, it also yeah, was like, we're going to have an extra good time. 
<laughs> yeah. Also, like on the other side of Colin, Mister Awesome, how much was that rose oil? So, bottle from Sage is not full. So it's their little tiny. Um, uh, actually, it's two millimeters. Okay. And it's not full, and it's a hundred dollars. Oh my god! Boom! Yeah. That's bougie. the sauce right there. Bougie, bougie, bougie. Colin, <laughs> if you guys don't know, actually just takes rose baths, but like it's all rose petals, and there's no water. He's just sitting in flower petals all day. I mean, I would love that because I really <laughs> love. But I definitely use a lot of hot water, and I buy my Epsom salts of a fifty-five pound bag at a time. Oh my god. And then I put, I find four drops a little much, just three <laughs> drops of pure rose oil. Woo. That's the I, recipe. I, yeah. If I find, if I'm having a bad day and oh, I picked up too much energy or maybe I'm doing too much work, I'd have one of those baths and I feel like myself again. Mm, actually, that's something I'm going to want to get into a little bit later is your ritual and your routine leading into the work that you do and then how you Ooh, take yeah. care of yourself afterwards. But before we get into that, you know, like we told the audience and like you've spoken to, you're an Akashic Records reader. And that's one of the things that you do. You also do a lot of energy work. But one of the things that we haven't talked to our guests about so far is what are the Akashic Records? And I really wanted to wait for this episode before we talked about it, because I think we're going to have a really good time discussing it. So Colin, would you mind answering what the Akashic Records are through your eyes? Well, you can describe the Akashic Records many different ways. But if you were to ask exactly how I'm viewing the Akashic Records right now, the Akashic Records, to me, it is a vibration that is all around us. It's almost like a dimension just outside of our dimension. And when you enter the records, it's like you get to bring that dimension. So it's just like, it's just energy flowing all around me. And how it feels sometimes is just like reaching out and just like grabbing on a thread, you know, mm. and finding that person's thread and then listening and getting what information for that person. Um, that is how I view the Akashic Records right now. Just this beautiful energy that is, you can't see it, but you can feel it. And you can really feel it when you use one of the wonderful prayers that are out into the world right now. And I'm just so grateful that I get to experience, you know, that vibration. Yeah, bro. God, I love the energy that I was feeling in my throat when you were talking about them. So mm-hmm. actually That's the record's coming through. It really is. So the way that you kind of described it is like it's this dimension that is basically overlaid on top of on top of ours, and I would probably think on top of everything. Do you see yourself when you're bringing through that energy for people? Do you see yourself as a bridge between this yeah, world that's a- and the Akashic records? Definitely. I would actually equate it to um, using a computer and, Mm. you know, anybody can access the Akashic records, but when you're at home and you're, you know, trying to access your records and you're running up like, you know, dial up internet and it's really hard to get information (laughs) and the more you work on it. So, you know, the reason you'd go see a record reader is that they do that all the time. And so that when you come see me, it's like, I get to be the computer that has the gigabyte internet and it's just so fast and I can get information for you. So, you know, you just sit in front of the computer and information just starts flowing. And your gigabyte internet, not dial up. We're past that. No more dial up. No, he's fucking quantum computing at this point. (laughs) Take that Google. What's up Google? There have been, there was sessions that I've done with Colin where right beforehand he goes, Hey, I want you to know they're telling me this is going to be a really intense session. And we could open these records and not say a word. 
in your life will be different afterwards. And he'll do the prayer. And the second he goes, the records are now open. He starts writing on this piece of paper because he talks to your guides and he writes on this piece of paper. And as soon as he opened the records, I was crying. Yeah, no just words falling on the floor crying. I was just sitting. I just muted my microphone and just cried while he wrote on the piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and his sessions are life changing like that. Like, I guys, I, I didn't tell you the story, but Colin's also the person who gave me my very first reading, and he came in when I was just starting to break into spirit and really drop into this path, and he was sharing all these crazy visions. And my whole body was just vibrating like no other. I've still never had an experience to that level where my body was just complete, complete, complete vibration. It was intense and it was the coolest thing. And he told me that at some point you'll read the records too. And little did I know I read the records now. So thank you, brother. Oh, that makes me happy to hear guys. It's experience like that. Sometimes, sometimes I get to feel when a person's going to have a shift and sometimes I'm just like talking away and then the person starts crying, but it's, it's not me doing the work, you know, yeah. it is, it's, it really is spirit. And I'm just sitting here translating a language for them. Right. And that's why with Zach, I didn't have to do anything, especially when a person's like really receptive or I'll send people audios afterwards. And I tell them, you don't even have to listen to the words. You just have to be in that vibration and I'll get messages from people who listen again and they're like, oh my God, I totally got something else. Or, oh my God, like I just started crying again. And that makes me so happy um, to just get to translate that information and be a conduit for information and energy just to flow through. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. And it's one of the things I think Zach and I, you and I have talked about a handful of times. Is like we could open up the records and just allow people to receive that energy and let it do whatever it's going to do. Like the words help with the conscious side of it and help us to consciously begin to work at things and just put us at ease. But it's all about the energy. And I think that's the best way, right? To just, just give the true essence of what the records are. It's energy. Yeah. I mean, the, the words give everything context, but it's like, it's like the spirit brings through the energy through the reader to the person receiving the reading and it plants all of this energy in your field. So the lessons that you were to learn from that record reading will, will come up in your life by virtue of the fact that they're already in your field and they'll be called to you in the life that you live. But the words can come through to give you context so that you know what's happening, so that you know what to look for and you know how to get your, your ego self or your small self on board with it. And one of the things that I've noticed is that everybody reads the records differently. So that's some truth. Yeah, absolutely. And Collins are some of the most palpable readings that I've ever had. You know, I have to go right to your core (laughs) straight up. We're like, I'll feel a little tingle on my skin and I'll hear people talking the words. But when I, when I go in with Colin, it's like, I feel like I'm swimming in the air around me gets thicker. The amount of energy that spirit's able to bring through Colin is amazing. And it's by no accident. I mean, this man has dedicated his life and his heart to spirit. It's truly amazing. So I wanted to hear a little bit about your journey to reading the records and not just your journey to finding the records and starting to read them, but what it's been like since you've started reading and how that's developed over time. I'm going to interlude that with a quick story. I just want everybody to know that I have had one client who is a meditator 
uh, that follows the same guru that I do. Mm-hmm. And we opened her records and they just said, go meditate. And we meditated for 15 minutes and then they pulled us out of the meditation still in the records. And she started crying. She said, thank you so much. That's all I need. So it is possible just to feel the vibration going to, uh, what brought me here? Well, it's a lifetime of learning a lifetime of following your intuition. Um, I'd say it's about three and a half years ago. I went through the most awakening relationship I've ever been in. Uh, Well, every relationship is awakening, but I went after that relationship ended, I hit rock bottom. That's how it felt. And I look back and I'm like, wow, like, why am I feeling this depressed? Like this doesn't feel normal. And I kept feeling like spirit was like, there was a reason for it. And then so I had a record reading from somebody else and she's like, oh, there's a course, you should take it. And so like, I just showed up the course thinking like, okay, and I showed up the course and I was the only young male in the entire course, <laughs> a bunch of beautiful old women. And it just like clicked. I was like, oh, like you just, I was able to receive the information so easily and then just start talking and people are like, oh my God, like, this is so great. And I was like, whoa. So then I started practicing and I started doing my friends and I just, sometimes when you read the records and this is good for everybody here, as you start reading the records is like, some days it feels like you're doing nothing. You know, you want to yeah. see somebody's reaction. You want to see, you know, there's the part of you that wants to know that you're helping people and to let that go. And I let that go. And I just, every time I do a session, I just let the part of me that wants to make it any certain way. And I just listen to what spirit has to say. And that path of learning to trust all the different ways spirit talks to us while in the records has led me to this moment, you know, like, and they've, they're still teaching me to this day. You know, I did a healing session today that I was like, Whoa, Never felt that before. Like, okay, you know, like it's what each person needs and it makes my heart so happy. I hope that answered your question. It man, your ability, I'm never, <laughs> I'm never not blown away by your ability to, to let go and to let spirit take the reins. Even before you started, you were like, well, yeah, somebody told me about this course and I just showed up for it. You know, I just showed up and that's, that's always yeah. what you do. Like you show up, you know, and you just trust that's his path and it's his path and it's it's his greatest gift as well like yeah, no be, question dude like you like whatever oh, spirit says do this okay let's do yeah. it i'm here i i will say that 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 has come over a lifetime even before i like really knew what spirit was you know learning to trust yourself and that has come with some mistakes along the way thinking, <laughs> you know thinking yeah. i heard something and not being right but we're just learning to translate a language i just have that there's a certain push from within myself. And when I get that certain push, I know to follow it, you know, and everybody gets that. Sometimes the push is light and sometimes the push is heavy. And like the Akashic records course was definitely one of those like extreme pulls. You need to go do this. And I was like, Oh, I can't really afford it. Like, no spirit was like, just do it. So I just trusted and I just did it. And look at, I'm sitting in front of you guys right now talking about the Akashic records. So there was a, two words in there that stuck out for me, but you basically said sometimes you learn to listen to yourself and sometimes it wasn't right. 
So do you think that those moments of listening to yourself weren't right or it was more so what you're expecting to get out of those choices? I think when I can look back and imagine myself maybe possibly making a wrong choice, I needed to learn that lesson. So it was perfect in that moment, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that we look at the wrong choice instead of looking at it as the wrong choice. Like I needed to learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I've learned some lessons about <laughs> what to trust, how to trust, you know, am I in my heart space? Cause a lot of times I notice this with a lot of people, information comes in through like the front of my forehead into the third eye comes down from the crown. I get it right at the back of the skull mm-hmm. and I can really feel it flowing in there. And for a while I wasn't dropping into my heart and I've learned now that the mind can lie to us. The mind can take the information and decode it how it wants. So something I really try to do, especially in my readings is really anchor into my heart because I know that when I'm in my heart, close to my soul, it seems like I, I need to learn less, need to learn less lessons. And that's the guidance that I really work with. And I think that that's a gift I have for being able to read the records is I drop so deep into that soul love that ooh, it's powerful. That's like, it's you as Christmas. You just drop into this pure love energy and that takes you exactly where you need to go. Yeah. I hope people can feel it now. Like as every time Colin has started talking, the amount of energy I feel in my heart and in my throat, it's, (laughs) it's pretty amazing. Um, I love what you talked about with regards to the mind being able to misinterpret information based off of its biases and all those types of things. Mm. But the heart, the heart can't lie. The heart is in truth. And maybe it wasn't that you, you didn't have the lessons to learn through your heart. It's just that the lessons are so much more gentle when you're able to go into that space and listen to your heart and be in alignment to truth and love versus information coming in through the brain and being interpreted in a way that you think you can gain from. And you've just been so good at letting go and being like, whatever, whatever is coming through my heart, if I listen to it, it's going to help somebody. Yeah. I would like to say that sometimes listening to your heart can be hard too. Um, Mm -hmm. My, my last relationship uh, to the most lovely human being, I listened to my heart and I followed it and it led me right to her. And she helped open me up in ways that I didn't know. She helped me learn, you know, solidify some lessons that I had been learning. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped listening to my heart right near the end. And then when I really tapped in my heart, I was like, oh, like, and it's time to let go. And it hurts so bad. So even tapping into the heart, it doesn't mean that you're not going to learn lessons, you know, but. I do find that when I tap into that heart, it's just clear, you know, I seem to understand things better and anybody can do this, you know, and just dropping into your heart and the mind all of a sudden just like boop, shuts off and it's so quiet. And even I, sometimes I have to work at that. You know, you were one of the first people to really teach me about 
dropping into the heart. You didn't just teach me about it. You, you like hounded me on it because I was just, <laughs> I was just so brain. Do you want to take people through? I was going to ask him to do the same thing. Yeah. Let's you go. Take people through okay. your, your teaching to get them to, to heart. Yeah, you sure. Let's both do it. Got it. All right. So yeah, everybody just needs to like sit down and find a comfortable spot. And the first thing I want to want you to do is just take your hand. Um, I take all four fingers and I just touch all four fingers to my forehead. And as you touch your fingers to your forehead, I want you to close your eyes. And as you close your eyes, it's like another eye opens up inside of your forehead. It's like you can clearly see your hand. How cool is that? That you can see your hand with your eyes closed. You might even see more of your hand. You might even see a color. But now what we're going to do is we're going to slowly start dragging your fingers down your nose. And I want that eye to follow. You're looking out your nose. And you're touching your mouth now. Oh, how does it look to look out your mouth? Then you go into your throat. Oh, maybe you have to take a swallow. Maybe it's actually hard to look out your throat. That's okay. We're going to keep going past that. And we're going to put our whole hand in the middle of our chest. And you might actually have to just apply a slight amount of pressure. And it might take some time for the, that eye to drop fully into the heart. And you're just, it's like you're looking out of your chest with that inner eye. Maybe the room looks different. Maybe you think of somebody and you feel an extra amount of love. It might be extremely hard and it could be painful to be in your heart and that's okay. Whatever you're experiencing, just try to keep that eye, that inner eye at the heart. Notice how quiet your mind is. It's like life gets a little more simple. And then if you take your hand off, does that eye stay or does it shoot back up? It does not matter one way or another. It's just an awareness to work to be able to bring that down. And you might have to do this exercise all the way from the top down for a while, but eventually you'll get so good at it that you can just touch your heart and boom, just drops right into your heart. And it's that easy. Ooh, thank you, bro. You the God. The thing with that that's so beautiful is it takes you through that path and it takes you through the energy centers and it brings awareness to what's there. And the moment we hit throat, I was like, ooh, there's a little throat energy. There's there's something there. And I just started coughing and then like my eyes are still watery. Like I was dying with the mic off doing that. And I was like, oh yeah, just cleared some major throat gunk right there. (laughs) But that's the beautiful part is you get to see what's in the way of you dropping into heart as well, which is I think part of the path that allows us to really just dig into the truth that we're holding that's waiting to come out. I will say lots of people, they, everybody's like third eye, third eye, third eye. Most people's third eye is open to some degree, right? right? And the only reason why it's not opening more isn't the third eye itself. It's actually the other chakras needing time and healing. You know, the root that nobody ever talks about is so important. Like all the chakras are important, but that heart, something about the heart, it is a power center. You know, it's it's not like, to me, when I experience it, it, it has 
such a vibration and I feel so much closer to my soul and everybody can use that meditation and go further. You can check out your other chakras and see how they feel. But something about the heart. Whew. So if people do that and are going further and you know, they're feeling little things come up. Like if I had something right now that just happened like that, what should people do? What would you say? Maybe they feel a little throat energy or they feel some tension somewhere, or a little blockage. So that's a really good question. Um, throat, just as so everybody knows, I felt it too when I was going down. Um, throat energy is very common, especially with women. Um, almost every woman I work with uh, has some throat stuff. You can sit there, you know, instead of moving the hand down, sit in the throat for a second. Like, hey, what is this? Maybe go to your heart for a second to quiet the mind and then come back up to your throat and then look through the throat. What is this? What am I doing? Maybe you need to journal about it. Um, just meditating on it. M lots of people have Reiki certifications. Well, use it for yourself and put your hands on your throat and imagine yeah. the vibration going Amen. to that, right? Um, going to seeing, sometimes even me, I have to go see a healer also. Sometimes I get gunk. Yeah. Right? And there's no shame or like in that. So sometimes you need help. Sometimes a guided meditation on YouTube, really just trusting that intuition. Like, okay, I feel this in my throat. What do I need? Lots of people I will say with throat stuff, like speak your truth. That's a very common thing. You need to speak your truth. You got to speak your truth. Most, so many people don't speak their truth because they're worried about people not liking them, how they're going to be judged. You know, you got to speak your truth. And the more you speak your truth at first, it's really uncomfortable, but eventually it gets good. And I will say, if you're scared to lose friends, if that friend can't handle your truth from a heart place, because like, obviously we can go to the mind and say all kinds of mean stuff. But if you're in your heart and you're telling a friend truth, like, hey, Zach, like, this is how I'm feeling right now. You know, cause Zach has triggered me. Neil has triggered me. Right. And I drop in my heart and then I just tell them like, Hey, like this is triggering me. And I know this is my stuff, but I just want you to know that this is what's going on. And then they laugh and they're like, Oh bro, you triggered me too. Like, Oh, I love you so much. Oh, that's great. But if you have friends that they can't handle that truth, is that your truth? Is that a friend you really want? You know, do they truly align with what you actually believe or a lot of empaths have kind of molded themselves to fit certain friend groups to fit in because as an empath, which most people listening to this podcast are going to be an empath. Oh, like if I say this, I know it's going to hurt them, you know, but it's not going to hurt them in the way like, Hey, I can't hang out tonight. Like I need a night to myself and just being honest about it, you know? Yeah. That's a little bit on the throat. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's beautiful. And I think that's such a gift that you hold. And I want to explore that a little bit more because you are such a loving person or such a loving soul. And it's so much just pure love. Mm. But one of your greatest gifts is you can also trigger the heck out of people. Oh, yeah. So what does that mean for people going through that experience? A lot of healers on this planet right now, it's like you're a gigantic mirror. Now the mirror goes both ways. So when you're triggered, I use this technique quite a lot. I used it for years. 
anytime I was really triggered versus being angry, but like being triggered, I put a mirror up and I would look at myself. The thing about me triggering other people is what's mine and what's theirs. If somebody's really triggered, generally it's their stuff. And that could even be something like they're triggered because you cross their boundary that they've never spoken, right? And that's something you got to go into. Mm. But generally when somebody is really triggered, it's, it's you stuff. And you'll see that because one of your friends, the same thing happened to, and like, they're like, yeah, like that happened. Like, it's not a big deal. So being a mirror for people has been an interesting experience in my life. And I've definitely had a lot of stuff thrown at me. And to be just really self-consciously aware of like what's mine and what's theirs. Sometimes it really sucks. I will say that. Being a mirror, sometimes it's not fun. Yeah. You know? Because you can really easily just bring people to their worst in an instant. Yeah. I think that's part of like my gifts also is I really have loved some of the dark parts of myself and that hasn't been an easy journey. And when somebody experiences love, because I, two people that people either love my energy or they really dislike it. And you know, how can that person get to their heart? Right. You know, do they love themselves? Because if somebody sees you really good at something, that can trigger anybody, you know? Oh, he it just comes naturally. Oh, he doesn't work, right? But that's something within them. And everybody listening can use the mirror technique. Hey, like what's mine? What's everybody else's? thing yeah. I'll say about that, because you're right, you absolutely do this. You do this very well. And you're good about <laughs> knowing when it's yours and knowing when it's not. And you're good about asking other people when they're struggling, what's theirs and what isn't. But whatever is coming up for you or for somebody else in a moment, if they're triggered and if, if you're triggered, that's your karma. That's, that's your karma coming up to tell you, hey, this is a thing to look at. Like this is, this is a thing, this is an area where you can be triggered. And it's your opportunity to, like Colin said, love this part of yourself or forgive it or see why you're triggered by it. And I wanted to ask you, Colin, how do you love those darker parts of yourself? Or how do you love those? For me, it's weaker parts of myself. If I feel weak, if I feel incapable of something, if I feel really vulnerable and I don't intend to be vulnerable, that's where I struggle to not love and forgive myself. So how do you do that? The first thing, as you're saying that, is definitely you need to acknowledge, acknowledge it. That's like step one, you know, Hey, I'm feeling this way. Like I'm feeling inadequate. That is a huge step. I find that, you know, in all spiritual work, as soon as you're aware of something, it becomes easier. So step one is definitely like acknowledging what's coming up. Acknowledge like, Hey, like I'm really self-conscious in this area. And just acknowledging it can be so challenging. And then the next step would be, you know, just loving that version of yourself that's self-conscious or isn't happy. And then the next step after that would be to like work on it. So for example, body issues, right? Everybody's got body issues. Well, most people do. And I did. So first I acknowledged it. Then I started to love that. Like I acknowledged it. I love the fact that I, okay, this is coming up. And then I stood in front of a mirror naked. 
<laughs> numerous times. Yeah. Looking at myself and, you know, just like, no, like I found one thing I loved about my body. And then I focused on that. And then mm-hmm. two things and then three things. And just like loving those parts. Um, a better example, another example is my mother. So when my mother passed away, um, before she passed, one of the things that came up, or sorry, after she passed was I had to acknowledge that there was a part of me that wanted my mother to die. And that is a dark thing to say. And I don't need to explain it in this moment because I like, I love that version of myself. Did I have my reasons? Sure. Do I need to explain those reasons? No. Right. There was reasons. And I love that part of myself. Was it my whole being? No, it was not. But there was a part. And so me just acknowledging it and loving it and being okay with it healed it. Yeah, bro. And I think that's such a beautiful gift. And there are so many little drops of beauty that you gave right there. But the ability to really see ourselves feel into it and accept it right with no judgment the one thing that you know we always say zach is you can't judge any part of yourself or else you're going to bring more shit into what it is you're already carrying so instead allow it to be expressed allow it to be felt and just be honest with yourself or else you're going to carry it over and over and over a pure you guys are both speaking to this a little bit pure observation is is better for you and better for the pattern than judgment is right. Cause with judgment, you're bringing negativity Amen. and negative energy to that pattern, but pure consciousness in and of itself <clears throat> can dissolve so much. It might not be able to get things all the way through, but if you can just observe a pattern and say, you know, like Colin was saying, like, you know, I don't love this part of my body. Right. <clears throat> for me, I have to do that too. Like I'm right. five, five, right. I look in the mirror all the time and I have to be like, okay, you know, I love you either way. And not mm. to, not to look at other aspects of myself that I love and try and use those to like leverage it and compensate, but to just look at that aspect and be in neutrality. This bothers me, you know, it hurts. And to just bring that to it. And if you can get to the point where you can bring love to it, that's beautiful. But sometimes just looking at it's enough. Yeah. So that's really what I, I really like that part. That you brought you step, start at step one. A lot of people also in the healing journey, I find like they want to go to step 10. <laughs> yeah. You got to start at step one. Yeah. Step one, just to acknowledge that it's there. And when you're ready to allow yourself to express that, because I think that's the powerful thing too, that you said there, Zach, is you spoke it to yourself. Like I, I love myself. I love my, oh. I love my body. And to physically speak that out because there's a difference when you can acknowledge something and then that's it. Right. And that's what we're ready for in that moment. That's cool. There's time that comes when you're ready to speak that out and say, okay, like I am uncomfortable with this. I, I don't like this part of myself. That's okay. And then you can begin to bring love to it through that. What's up Colin? I see you like squirming, ready to drop some bombs. <laughs> Zach, you, you nailed this. And so did you Neil, but, I forgive myself saying it out loud. Yeah. That's a big one. Woo. That's yeah, hard. That a lot one, of people. That one's powerful. That one will sometimes just in and of itself make me cry. And I won't even know what I'm saying it about. I'll just, I'll just I'll do just the work. It. It'll just yeah. be like, 
I forgive myself and I'll be like, Oh my God. And like, there's just some part of me that just needed to hear that. Right. (laughs) So funny. I wanted to bring up too, Neil, you were like, you know, Mm -hmm. saying out loud, I love myself. And for some people saying that out loud, they're going to hit some sticking points and they're going to say it and their body's going to squirm. Right. And that's okay too, because wherever you feel uncomfortable saying something to yourself, you get, you get a chance to look at that. It's almost like bringing that thing up for you. Like, I love myself. And then there's that part of you that's like, oh, no, you don't. And you're like, oh, well, what part, what part of me doesn't feel loved? Right. And you get to you get a chance to look at it. Yeah. I was I waiting say, for the Zach. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm really proud of you, Zach, for sharing that, um, you know, your height and then loving yourself, you know, realizing you're, you're amazing. And I could feel as you were talking about that, like you have done a lot of work. Things come up over and over again doesn't mean you haven't done the work exactly it's layers man things that's such an important piece things that you've done over and over again they will come up when you're able to go deeper and that's something i think a lot of people need to hear absolutely just because something's coming up again that you thought that you cleared it doesn't mean that you didn't do it right you're it means that you've grown if you're seeing it again because now you're ready to see it again from where you're at and you can bring even more love or even more forgiveness or non-judgment to it. It's a good thing. It's layers. Yeah. I'd also and like to, go sorry, ahead. Neil, you, well, just judgment, you know, judgment is a huge thing. And a good mirror technique, as you said, that is if you find you're judging other people a lot, generally the person you're judging is yourself. I've heard a great quote that's from, uh, it's a channeled quote and it's, you judge what you fear. So whenever I'm in judgment of something, I think, what is it that I'm scared of? If I'm judging somebody else, what is it that I'm scared of? Oh, if this person's getting attention and love and I'm judging them for whatever, maybe it's because I'm scared that I'm not getting love and attention. Or maybe if I'm judging this aspect of myself, maybe I'm scared of something that it's bringing to me in my life and being able to look at that and admit when you're scared. It's that cycle. It's just like what you talked about. It's like being able to admit something. Mm. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you, Neil. How did you get over your fear and judgment of yourself when it came to start reading the Akashic Records? Because I remember working with you lots on that. So I'm just curious what you have to say on that one. I'm so glad you asked that because that's one of the questions I wanted to get to you for the audience too. So when I first started the reading the records, it was, you know, what you had talked about. It was, there was a level of trust and that's the biggest thing I needed to work through was the ability to trust that. But there was also deeper layers of trusting myself along the way. And it's that same, it's the same side of the mirror of, okay, like I don't trust the records. I don't trust this message that's coming through, but that stems from the ways I don't trust myself. Mm. But working through that was a double process. It was working through the trust of that. And it was also working through the trust in myself along the way. And they both grew and they both healed along the way. But there's a moment that really sticks out um, that was really came into the, the whole lesson around this ended up being about just faith, belief, and trust. And we had, we were talking about football 
And if you guys don't know, I'm a diehard 49ers fan. And the Niners made it to the Super Bowl. And I was in meditation. And all of a sudden, boom, Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. I was like, wait, is this legit? Can I, like, can I put money on this? Like, is that okay? Like, guides, truth, records. Like, is that okay? Like, yeah. Okay, cool. And so I started to, I went in and did some sports betting. I was like, all right, well, there's these other, there's this one bet, like, okay, the Niners are going to win, cool. But there's these other ones I think are really likely too. I'm like, all right, guys, like, is it okay for me to be doing this? Can I look at these other things and put down more? I'm like, yeah. They said yes. Okay, cool. All right, is this one, this one, this one, this one? Put down about 200 bucks and flat out wrong on every single one. <laughs> And I was talking to Colin about this. I'm like, dude, what the crap? <laughs> what is happening? What happened there? And the message was, can you still believe? Can you still hold faith? Can you still trust? And at that point, I'd already developed trust. And this was a really pivotal point for me. And yes, my answer was yes. But I had to choose to. And I had to allow myself to still. And to let go in the times when I was still doubting. Those were the most important things I could have ever done. I remember that lesson well. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think if we talk to everyone here, and this is one of the most common themes. It's what I end up talking to people about all the time as well. People struggle with listening, with listening to intuition, with listening to the records, with listening to the guidance. And it's always self-doubt. And that's, that's the case for every new reader. It's the case for us still at times. So how do you take yourself through that process? Well, first I'd like, Zach, I remember when you started reading the records. How did you get over that like fear of just blurting out information? And I think I'll tell you guys mine too after, but I think people really, this is helping a lot of people you know, hearing each of our stories. Yeah, for sure. Cause it's real. This is a real life issue that all of us face. You know, I, I am somebody who rips the bandaid off. If there's something that I know I need to do, um, I kind of just throw myself into it. I know this isn't necessarily like the nurturing, loving answer that everybody wants to hear, but especially when it comes to something like public speaking, like you guys watched me this year, every time one of you guys told me to do something, I think except by Legos, I went out and immediately started doing it. So I kind of was learning how to read the records and I read for Neil one time. And these images that were coming with basically no attached information to them kept coming through and I kept getting stuck and I kept wanting to quit. And Neil would just continue to ask questions. He'd be like, okay, well, like, what is the goofy purple pimp hat that's on my head mean in this image? Like, what is it? What's the feather mean? That was amazing. You you came through dressed like a pimp in just about every single reading I did for you for the first like three months. Like months. (laughs) (laughs) You're always in something purple. So he kept asking me, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And brought me through the process of reading the records for him until I was able to do it autonomously in that session. And at the end, he said, I got so much from that. That was a professional reading 
I would pay money for that. And it gave me a lot of confidence. It gave me so much confidence. And I knew that both from being told by the records and just in my heart, I knew that doing this work was on my path and it was an important part of my path. And that the longer I waited to do it, the less help I would be able to bring to people and the less spirit and service I'd be able to bring to people. So I threw myself into it and I went on Instagram and I found some pages where they had people um, posting things about intuition and posting things about the records and all that. And I would just go on and say, Hey, I'm giving out three free readings. And that really helped because I was able to read for one complete strangers, right? Which depending on your viewpoint can be either nerve wracking or it can be very helpful. Like I'm never going to see these people again. (laughs) And two, since it wasn't a paid, since they weren't paid readings, that took some of the nerves off. It wasn't, oh, I need to give this person X amount of value in this reading as if it was even my job to bring through the value, right? My only job at that point became learning to interpret the language of the records as it came through me because it comes to everybody differently. And so I saw, I think really what it was is that I made it not about myself. The only thing the only thing that had to do with me in regards to that was me learning the language and me stepping out of the way and learning how to do that. So I just kept putting myself up to the plate and seeing everything that I might've thought of as a mistake, as a learning opportunity. Yeah. And the thing bro, I really want to highlight here is that you kept stepping up to the plate, right? You never, you faced doubt along the way. I remember this clearly. We all do. We all experience that, but you still continue to do it and to show up in the face of that. And that was where you started to really see some, what was happening. And you took yourself out of your lens. You could allow yourself to experience what was going on for everyone else receiving this from you. And you showed up and you showed up and you showed up and you trusted and you believed regardless of what was happening in that moment, what happened in the last reading or whatever. And it grew and grew and grew powerfully. Thank you, man. And I should say that I still experience doubt when I read sometimes. Yep. There are still sometimes when I go into the records and I wonder if what I'm saying is spirit. Yep. But the thing that I tell myself is that it's, it's not about me. It's not about my discomfort. It is about this person and their healing and the love that's available for them. And I just gingerly step myself out of the way and I allow myself to doubt because I know that there's, there's some reason I'm experiencing doubt and that it's all spirit. I just want to say that I got to watch Zach and Neil, but Zach's kind of path, I think will coincide with a lot of people out there in the sense of when Zach started reading the records, you know, didn't, I, some of it, I couldn't make sense and he couldn't make sense of it either, but he stuck with it. And I'm going to tell you guys the first reading, I was like, okay, like that was a lot of crazy visions and I don't quite understand it all, but that's okay. But I watched Zach from that reading to the next reading to the last reading that I had with Zach that literally blew my mind. 
every reading was so special, but I got to watch him, you know, like a toddler learning to speak a language. And then as a young adult, and then as an adult where he really started to get the language and started to understand the questions and how the guides were talking to him, but it takes practice. So many people out there, they just need to do it and practice reading the records for themselves and for others. And Zach is just the most perfect example of it takes time, you know, and dedication and Zach nailed it. And now, you know, I would recommend Zach a reading with Zach to anybody. Thanks bro. I definitely did feel like a toddler during that first reading. I'm thinking back on it right now. Like some of the images that came through for you, you know, like the, like the heart inside of the little, which was great by the way, I, and stuff. I understood a lot of it. Right. But I, I, it was, it was a good, the first one was a good reading, but now you, you're able to just like, whoo, it's on another level. Thanks brother. The thing about developing that skill in the Akashic records, you know, some of the, some of the places I see people get sticking points. I'll just speak to that is one going into their own records and not having the energy come through the way that they expect it to mm. telling themselves that they just don't know how to read the records. That's one. Two, trying to read for somebody and not doing a good job the first time and expecting themselves to be expecting the skill to just be there the first couple times that you try and do it and then telling yourself that you just don't have the ability to read the records and then quitting. That's two. And then three is almost like expecting the skill to develop the way that you would develop another skill. Like if I'm trying to learn something in my 3D life, I'll read about it and then I'll imagine it and then I'll practice it and all that kind of stuff. And I can feel the skill develop very linearly, but the records aren't linear by any means. And you could read for somebody like I could, you know, I read for Colin in April and then a month later, the skill had more than doubled. And it's something that kind of happens when you're not looking at it sometimes too. The most important part is your willingness to show up. And <laughs> this is, this is kind of oxymoronic, but to show up and then step out of the way. I think that's the powerful piece, right? It's, you know, the, the different hitches that can people can run into the ultimately the same thing that comes into this is being unattached to it, unattached to the outcome, what's going to happen, releasing your expectations for how it's all going to be and just letting it unfold. Yeah. hundred percent. Also on that note is everybody expects, everybody thinks that when, you know, that I get words in my ear <laughs> and I would, I'm going to tell everybody that's what everybody wants and that's what everybody expects. But I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> Very rare. It's more and more now, but like I didn't get any of that. It's the easiest one to trust. Spirit wants you to learn your visions, to learn your inner knowing, to learn to speak before they're going to just like blah, 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 blah in your ear, right? Because that one's easy to learn. That one's easy. If they talk, if spirit talks in your ear, like that's so easy, like no problem, right? But you got to learn the language first. And I noticed that the more I learn the language, the more I get more of the others, the easier ones. You had to learn to become Colin. You had to learn to become this adult. So if you're starting in this path of your spiritual gifts, you're starting from infancy and learning to become that adult again. A lot of us expect readings to be just like those five Claire's, right? Like clairvoyance, 
clairaudience, clairsentience, you know, claircognizance, all those different things. Like, oh, maybe I just know, maybe I hear it and then I speak it out loud. Maybe, maybe I see the vision and I can describe the vision and then that will have some, some theme or some lesson in it. But when you are reading the records, your entire body becomes an expression of that energy. And you will, you will learn to trust when spirit wants you to do a certain thing with your body or to allow energy to just flow through the cells of your body. I mean, there were times when, for example, when I was reading for Colin, I think this was the second reading I'd given Colin, and the guides wanted him to see the energy that he was bringing through for other people. And they wanted him to see the way his heart affected other people. And I don't know why they had me do it, but I was like, yeah, you know, and this is how you make other people feel. And I just pushed my hand at him and he just like rocked in his chair. And he was like, dude, you just pushed my energy back at me, like this whole thing. And you don't, that was the first time that I realized like my whole body in the records is a vehicle for the energy. It's a vehicle for the expression of the Akashic records. It's not the words that I'm saying. It's not the visions that I'm describing. It's, I almost see like my body as like a push pop (laughs) and like spirit trying to like push energy throughout your body to bring to the other person. I just want to say you totally use the force on Colin. So that's really freaking cool. (laughs) (laughs) These aren't the droids you're looking for. It's... He used the force, by the way, guys. Like I felt it, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's what I do to people." No wonder some people find me too much. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually like force pushing them, or you're actually doing the thing where you like wave your fingers in front of them and say, "Like you love yourself," and they'll actually love themselves, or they're just gonna freak the frick out and then try to push you and run away. Oh, Colin's energy is so intense. The first like four times I talked to Colin, I was just so pissed off. <laughs> I remember that. I remember <laughs> hearing from you after that. And you're just like, I'm so triggered. <laughs> I was just so triggered, dude. I remember because the first time I talked to him, so we had med- we had just meditated together, all three of us. And then Neil hopped off the call. And he's like, I'm gonna let you guys hang out. And so it was just like me and Colin like staring at each other in our phones for like a couple seconds, like, all right, like we're gonna have a conversation now. <laughs> and then like we talked for like 45 minutes. And I remember everything I was saying, like I had heard so much about Colin and I wanted him to see my stage of development and all this kind of stuff. I had all these expectations and attachments and all of these agendas about how I wanted him to perceive me. And every single time I'd say something, I could just see him seeing straight through the bullshit, like right at me, whether it was like, that. <laughs> like something strong about me or something just like completely fabricated or whatever it was. And I got so pissed off. And I was like, why is this guy making me so angry? I don't get it. I will say (laughs) though, like we talked about, like Colin said, the two-way mirror, that double reflection that's happening, it was on both ends. I got to play a mediator in the middle side of this. And I don't think I ever got to really tell both of you this. It was so fun because Zach was over here getting like pissed off and triggered. And Colin's over here like in self-doubt and like just working on is just being all self-conscious about things and you guys are both just triggering the heck out of each other and i'm just kind of sitting here i'm like oh i hope this friendship works i like you guys both (laughs) 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 yep that 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 definitely happened on both sides and it's it's flip-flop too randomly uh this is what i mean by having like good friends because 
randomly I'll just text, I'll like see Zach post something um, on Facebook and I'll be like, damn, I'll text him and I'll be like, yo, you triggered the crap out of me today. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you're so awesome. <laughs> your, your language is so good, right? But like, I, and, I'll, and I'll text right away. Like, I know that it's me, right? But I just like, I still tell him. And I'm like, oh yeah. Because he's like, what are you talking about? Like, people misunderstand me all the time. I'm like, no, bro, your language is like so awesome. So I get to like pump him up by my insecurity. You know, it's kind of good. We, yeah, we, we've been really good about that. I think that was the thing that really made Colin and I like good friends is like, bro, I'm so triggered and here's why. And it's always like, and here, here's how fucking awesome you are. And here's why I'm triggered about it. <laughs> like I get that that's mine. I'll deal with that. But like, just so you know. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to give some love to, to the boys right here. It's like, I, I love this friendship and this relationship because it's the biggest hype squad at the same time, as much as we trigger each other and bring each other through our own shit. There is so much pure love and acknowledgement of each other and the other's gifts and strengths. And we get to see each other to really, in the times where we aren't able to see ourselves. Like I have gotten so much growth and I can see myself in ways I never have purely just because I get your guys' support and your guys' view and lens and love. It's all heart. It's beautiful. Oh, I love you guys. Oh, hearts everybody no <laughs> <laughs> it has really been that though it is this has probably been like the single most supportive threesome dare i say <laughs> that i've ever had <laughs> like i can i can text either of you guys pretty much at any point and just be like yo i'm struggling and i'll get something back i'll get some love back yeah. Most of the time, though, if it's me, it's like, yo, me too. I'm in a bath. <laughs> I'm right there with you, dude. <laughs> I'm in my third bath of the day. It's like, oh, no. Uh, that's happened, actually, though. That's not even a joke. Like, that's happened. <laughs> that's happened multiple times. One time you were you had taken a bath and you were eating chocolate and it wasn't even noon. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was like our, I think, our very first or second podcast episode. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. that clearly. I was struggle bus that morning. So I wanted to ask Colin, what types of changes and what types of impacts do you see people receiving after records readings or during records readings from you flow that is the best word i can use to describe i can and i can feel it a lot of times in the records and i can only speak for myself when i after and watching clients on their instagram or when they email me but it's it feels like within their energy field, there's these like blockages, you know, where energy isn't flowing and it always doesn't happen right away, but sometimes it takes a couple of sessions, but that it would be the word I use to describe what I feel. I can feel this all of a sudden where there wasn't flow, there's flow and that can bring about small change or that can bring about incredible change. You know, people's, whole outlook on life changes in, you know, in an hour and a half. Um, a lot goes back to what can the, what can the person getting the reading receive? I'm not the limiting factor, right? Cause I'm not, I'm not doing, it's not me doing the work. It's, it's the person doing the work. So some people, and it's perfect for exactly that person. So like sometimes they just need like a little nudge and then that sets them down a part path and two years down the road it's like boom and i'll never see that right and then i have other clients where we do a session and like the next day boom it's 
they're like, it's like night and day and I get to watch it on their Instagram. I'm like, wow, look how much they've changed. And it makes me so happy. Um, so flow, that is actually the word I was, would use. And I didn't think I'd say flow, but it's flow. I love that brother. And yeah, I think it's yeah. so beautiful to be able to get into that. That's such a hard piece and it comes from making the choice to show up. Yeah. It's, it's almost like we all carry gunk. Like Colin said this earlier, you know, I get gunk too. And I need to go see a healer. We all carry gunk in some way. Maybe that's just like a purely energetic, like, oh, you just got a block here and we got to clear that. A lot of the time it is, at least from my experience, it's some kind of emotional blockage, whether it's like a trauma or something that they're not willing to look at yet or something that they've looked at and they haven't found that perfect angle to look at it to be able to recontextualize it and make it something useful for their life to, to turn the wound into a strength. And so that's something that I see really, really often is a lot lately too, my readings have been asking people pointed questions and allowing them to find those things for themselves and giving them little bits of advice here and there as, as they, they need it. But showing people that all the answers that they need are actually inside of them and teaching them how to ask those questions for their self, for themselves. And some of the flow that gets created after that is unbelievable. You know, I've had people, you know, cut their, their cigarette consumption in half the you know, the night after we do a session, I've had people reduce their chronic pain significantly from doing a session. I've had people literally receive thousands of dollars out of nowhere the week after getting a reading, right? So there are, there are so many things where it's, and it's not, it's not like I'm bringing that through to them, right? It's just that they're able to remove the blocks from receiving. They're able to get those things out of the way so that they can be in like Colin is saying, like flow with everything around them. And sometimes that means you're going to get money. Sometimes that means you'll heal your back pain. And sometimes that, that literally just means that you'll just be a little bit happier every day or feel a little bit more confident in the decisions that you're making. I will say that if you come for a session with me, there's going to be a couple questions asked because being told something sure. is one thing and figuring something out for yourself. That's a whole, that's, that's a the whole, power. That's a whole nother aha moment. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot about the records today and a lot of the beautiful things that come of it. But what do you have to say, either of you guys, to the person who is kind of, you know, considering it, not really sure if it's right for them, maybe they have some nerves. What message do you give them? Try it. Just do. Just yeah. be so scared. <laughs> but it's not the same type of scared as like the body response fear where you, you know, like you're scared that you're going to get physically injured. You know, you're in your house by yourself. Like just do, just, just try, just open the records, close the records. Boom. That's it. Don't even have to ask anything. Just do take Zach as a perfect example. Take Neil as a perfect example and just do right. Like Neil read cards for me the first time. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but like, I'm going to pull a, do a spread for you. And it was perfect. It was first time ever. It's like a baby animal card deck. <laughs> yeah, just do. Just don't think. Get out of your head. Get into your heart and just do because your heart's going to tell you to open the records. 
Yeah, and I think that's the beautiful. You hit one beautiful piece there. There's, it's the way it's the way we see that fear and that nervousness. Like, is it fear? Is that the physical body fear, or is it more so this kind of nervous excitement of what's to come? But Zach, what do you have to say, or especially to the person who's considering getting their first reading and just a little unnerved? Mm-hmm. So, Colin and I are similar in this in that we have a lot of friends who aren't super spiritual who aren't like, you know, quote unquote, like spiritually woke or whatever, right? <laughs> all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. It's, uh, so I mean, with all my friends in like med, like medical school, professional school, people that I have for my family or that I worked at coffee shops with, or that I went to college with and they see, they see what's coming through and they see some of the, some of the success stories that I'm telling them about. Right. And one of the things that I hear people being scared of is they're scared that they'll have to confront this part of themselves that they're not ready to confront, or they're scared that they'll cry in front of me and I'm going to judge them or, you know, like little things like that. Right. And the, like Colin said many times during this spirit is only going to bring through what you're ready for. It's only going to bring through what you can handle in that moment. And when you are healing something in the records, they're dancing. <laughs> when you are healing something in the records, you're, you're not going to get confronted with the brunt of this trauma that you might have experienced. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a frightening, lonely and destitute experience, you will be guided through it in the most loving, non-judgmental and safe way that you could possibly imagine going through. It's actually more than you could possibly imagine going through. It's just that they know exactly where you're at and who you are and how to work with you in the way that you need most. I think that you can soften into that and surrender to that and just know everything's going to be good. If you need a slap in the face, yeah, maybe you'll get that. But for the most part, it's probably just going to be a really big hug that might make you a little teary or might make you just be floating in the clouds. I just want to say I've had many clients tell me that the days before their session or right before their session or they're about to book their session, they get that nervous feeling in their body and in their mind. And having to step through that, you know, because it's never as bad as we think it is, you know, like Zach talked about, I won't reiterate all of that, but you will, sometimes you do get a little bit of uncomfortableness before a session, especially your first session. I get this all the time. And some people, maybe they're just holding on to that thing and they don't want to let go yet, but know that it is your guides. It's your records. It's not me. And your guides will really, truly only give you what you're ready for. Yeah. The, the hardest part of a session, especially a first session, is being seen by somebody else. That's the hardest thing. Like, and as soon as you get used to it during the session, you open yourself up to having some of the most beautiful, profound and loving experiences that you can have. But we're so used 
to living our lives in a way that when somebody sees you and like really sees you, it's because <laughs> it's because they're judging you. Colin just put up a <laughs> piece of paper that says, I see you. And he held it right up to his camera. We're so used to being seen and having that mean that we're going to be judged or that we're going to be ridiculed. But I can tell you right now that especially these two guys right here that I'm sitting with, when they see you, they only love you more. And that's what I have to say to people. When, when more of you is being seen, there is more of you to be loved. And there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be afraid of about being seen. By yourself and others, it's all love. So guys, there's not much we can leave with you after that. But Colin, for everyone that joined us on this journey today, that hears you and feels you and wants to be seen by you, do you have any final words for them? Just love. Love is the highest vibration that you can experience. And dropping into your heart, no matter how scary, in time, it will be the greatest gift you have. Being an empath does not have to be a burden. It can be a beautiful gift. And the journey to self, the journey within, is more rewarding than any external thing you can accomplish. You know, you could be a billionaire and you might feel good, but I'm telling you right now, like you work through that emotional trauma. Oh, does it feel good? You know, that journey within is the journey that you really are craving, especially if you're listening to this podcast. Go within, meditate. That's it. Meditate, meditate, meditate. Right, Zach? I've heard that from Colin. (laughs) Just meditate, bro. That's what we did right before this podcast. All we did was just hit the and meditate. And broke your arm. Have you meditated about it? (laughs) (laughs) It will fix it. The energy will come in and fix it. It is true. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. It was, this was like truly one of the nicest feeling podcasts that we've ever done. I got to just sat here and I can just like feel my heart. I was like, "Mm." it feels like my heart's being wrapped in a fuzzy blanket right now. (laughs) It's really, really nice. No, I I thank you guys. This was, this was really fun. You know, I mean, I did feel like I, you know, I was getting double teamed for a while there, but I enjoyed Uh, it. Double teamed in love. We wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Colin, thank you, brother. Um, For those who really want to find you, connect with you, want to hear more from you, get a reading from you, where can they find you? What are you doing? What do you have to offer for the world? Uh, You can go to my website. That's probably the best place to contact me because it's got all my information, but astralhealing.ca because I am from Canada. Um, I'm on Instagram, Colin Astral. It's pretty just Colin Harris right now. I also have a YouTube channel. There's some great meditations on there right now. And there's going to be more of the things that we even talked about today. I have a whole series on the Akashic Records with a final Akashic Record journey. Um, And that is just astral healing. You might have to scroll down a little bit. You know, I'm still at the bottom. Like and subscribe. That would be a great help. Give them some Um, love, guys. Like and subscribe that. Yeah. Send me an email. You know, maybe you don't know if you want to take a, you know, do a session now, but shoot me an email. Maybe have a question. Maybe I can help. You definitely can. So listen to that nudge, guys. 
drop him some love, drop him an email. So Colin, thank you again. Guys, girls, all people and souls, we love you. And we'll see you next time.